I'm Clancy here again with Ron for another episode of the Creepy Cryptic Podcast. Hey everyone. And so uh, if you're not familiar with the format, just to go over that again, uh, every episode one of us brings uh, something to the other host to investigate and dive into. And in this episode we're going to be looking at vampires, um, specifically the case of the Venetian vampire and uh, the case of Mercy Brown of Rhode Island which I hope Ron isn't too familiar with. I am not. Perfect, so that'll be great. (laughs) So the sources that I'm using today are National Geographic, Reuters, and New Scientist. Um, So to begin, the Venetian vampire refers to the body of a woman found in a mass burial site in March 2009. Um, What was strange about this body was that it had a brick shoved into its mouth. Archaeologists think that this was to prevent her from feeding on people to kind of stop the chomping. Um, At the time that this woman died, there was a plague ripping through Venice, and it's thought that the ritual of putting the brick into the mouth would have prevented the so-called vampire from feeding on plague victims. Um, The woman herself, they uh, took a look at her, and she had lived into middle age, which at the time would have been considered quite old. Um, In the articles I read, there was also talk of a shroud. Apparently, it was common to put a shroud over someone when they were uh, deceased at the time. Um, And when I'd been placed over this victim's face um, after death... um, although it wasn't clear if the shroud was placed before or after the brick itself. Um, What was clear, though, in the articles is that back in those times when a shroud was put on someone's face and the bacteria from their mouth ate away the fabric, it would make it seem like the person was trying to chew through the cloth. Um, So I thought that was super creepy. So I'm thinking, going off of what these articles are saying, that this woman... Um, They thought she was a vampire, she died, they put a shroud over, and they could see that the shroud was deteriorating around the mouth, and then put the brick in there to make sure she couldn't go after anybody else. That's what I'm gathering. Uh Uh-huh. So that's pretty, pretty spooky. Um, And so, these shroud eaters... Uh, bodies would often deem to be vampires or sometimes witches. Um, Not much was understood about decomposition at that point. Um, So when someone's skin would shrivel up too, people would perceive it as the hair and nails getting longer, Um, but really it was just the skin pulling away. Um, And if fluid poured out from the mouth, it was proof that they had fed upon someone, but really we know now that it's just the bodily fluids oozing out. <laughs> Sorry, so, I get uh, gross. <laughs> so, like, what years are we talking for uh, these bodies? Um, this was in, I believe, the 1600s. 1600s, huh? Yeah. And so, it's a pretty long time ago, and apparently there were plagues throughout several centuries that ravaged Italy and Venice. And this woman is just an interesting case that they discovered because it wasn't often that they would find something as 
as stark and harsh as someone with a brick shoved into their jaw. And I highly encourage anyone who's interested to go take a look at the pictures that are available for the Venetian vampire because they are so creepy. The story itself, there's not too much to go on. It's just, you know, a deceased person that they found. But the pictures are really interesting. They really show how forcefully someone must have believed this person was a vampire when you see the brick shoved in. Well, I think at that time, too, it was very just whatever they could do to stop exactly, the spread of the plague. Yeah. They would blame um, they were anything, just trying. for sure. It, it, it kind of reminds me of other cases of vampires that I've heard of, um, talking about them putting cages and things like that over top of the graves to right, prevent them from getting yeah. out. Yeah, I've seen those too. But yeah, I thought that was just more of an interesting, kind of just like an anecdote. Um, with the next case, we'll get into more of like, more of the true vampire stuff. But yeah, so that was the Venetian vampire. Um, I'm interested because um, I've seen the pictures of the Venetian vampire. I'm uh, I'm really interested since it was in a mass grave. Um, if if they shove bricks in anybody else's mouths, if they just deteriorate. I wonder. Over I time. wonder if they might have found other bricks that had been had toppled away, had been shoved aside, that weren't still in the jaw. Um, but uh, there was no mention. As far as I investigated, she was the only one. And she was like a real outlier. They were very huh. taken aback Not when cool. they found her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's our first story. <laughs> So for the story of Mercy Brown, the source I'm using is history.com. Um, the tale of Mercy takes place in Rhode Island in the 1800s, and it revolves around her family. Um, it really is a tragic story, as George Brown, the head of the family, saw his wife and two daughters pass from consumption. Um, and as, as if that wasn't heartbreaking enough, then, after that, his son Edwin also wasn't doing well and got sick. Um, at this point in time, the vampire hysteria of New England was still in full swing, and maybe we'll do a, an episode on that in the future. That would be really cool. Um, but it is a hefty subject, so we'd have to definitely dedicate some, some more time to that um, than we have today. Um, so we'll just stick with this one story. Um, but that was in full swing, and soon enough people were offering their opinion to George, the father, um, that maybe his deceased wife or daughters had something to do with Edwin's poor health, that maybe they were coming back and feeding on him. Of course, at the time, rumors ran rampant about the dead coming back to feast on the living, so I guess it seemed logical at the time to check the graves, to do a cursory check, um... Obviously, that sounds crazy now. I'm just, I'm just picturing somebody popping out of their grave and be like, you know what I could really go for? A midnight snack. Where's that little kid at? <laughs> where, where'd, that, where'd that dude? Um, 
so they actually did it. The decision was made um, by the father and some townspeople to unearth all of the bodies and check for signs of vampiric activity, quote-unquote. Um, they unearthed the mother and the one daughter, and there was nothing. They were just corpses, which makes sense. But when they unearthed Mercy, who was the last to die, that's when the townspeople found what they were looking for. Apparently, she looked healthy and had blood still in her heart. How do you, um, how do you even test the that? The, like, especially back then. They, uh, they, they took that heart right out of her and the lungs. <laughs> um, but, like, apparently the doctor tried to dissuade them. Um, tried to talk some sense into them and say, no, this is normal. Like, they were keeping her, it said, some sources said, that they were keeping her in a crypt until the, the thaw so that they could dig up the ground. Apparently the ground was too hard because it was so cold. Um, and so maybe it kind of preserved her body better. Um, since the other two had died before, they had been buried and nature had done its work. Well, you hear but, all the time um, yeah. about them finding like ice mummies and things like that that are super well preserved from the yeah. cold. So it makes sense that it would like slow down at least a little bit the decomposition. Exactly. And who knows if it was actually blood coming out of the heart or just like ichor, if it was just like a sludge, you know, of. <laughs> Yeah, just goo. Um, so what they did is they decided to burn the heart and lungs so that they can make ashes and mix those ashes with water to give to Edwin the son as a cure. So that was the next step. He drank the ashes, and of course that didn't work, and the poor man died a few months later. Um, as for Mercy, the townspeople at least had the decency to rebury her in the cemetery after desecrating her corpse. Um, they, they put her back and they put a headstone up so you can visit it, actually. You can go visit um, her grave. Um, and that was actually, um, according to History.com, the last widely known case of su suspected vampirism of the New England vampire hysteria. So. Like, it, it just seems so crazy to me that, like, their solution was, you know what, let's dig her up, let's burn her heart, let's make him drink the ashes, and then, uh, oh, he didn't get better? What, yeah. you tell me that making him drink something from a dead person that was burnt didn't cure him? Like... Yeah, and, like, I even, I remember reading... I don't know if it was in Bram Stoker's Dracula or another book along the same lines where they talked about a similar thing. I think during the entire, like, New England vampire hysteria, that was, like, super common to burn people's organs and make a paste or a soup and feed it to people. And it's absolutely bananas, like, looking back on that. It's just, it's just so crazy the extent people will go to um in times of panic yeah um like mm -hmm. it's to try and save themselves try and save exactly. someone else and it, it's kind of it's crazy how far we come but also how far we haven't with the pandemic and everything like that you still see people going to some yeah. very weird extremes um to protect themselves or protect the ones that they love yeah 
But yeah, so that was the story of Mercy Brown and her family. Um, kind of a bummer, but still very interesting. And I think it's kind of historically re relevant because she was the last well-known quote-unquote vampire of the, um, the hysteria. So I thought that was pretty cool. I'd be uh, I'd be very curious um, to see if there's any records of like like paranormal activity like ghosts or anything like that near her grave. I wonder. I wonder. I didn't um, look into that. I didn't necessarily look into activity near her gravesite, but I'd be very curious to see if there's anything, or even if like Ghost Hunters has done an episode and gone there. That'd be a cool episode to check out. I think yeah it just it very much makes me think of to um a lot it kind of reminds me like t discussing about the vampire um kind of mayhem kind of reminds me of like the the salem witch trials or the witch trials in yes France. oh my gosh yes that and i was gonna say too it almost reminds me of the satanic panic as well yeah Yes, very yeah, much this, so. And especially, too, like this story, it shows that the entire town got involved and it was almost a mob mentality. Like, I don't know if the father even had a choice in much of it because it was the townspeople that were that were making these decisions, well, really. Well, I'm just I, I imagine, too, there's probably there probably was a satanic panic linked to the whole vampire issue because there was with the witch mm -hmm. trials. Um, I know that right. so like it's it's definitely interesting um, to think that this was their go-to solution I wonder how many times they thought mm -hmm. it worked before it became you know they're like oh yeah this will work mm -hmm. um, rather than being like something else But yeah, for every one person it worked for, I'm sure there were a dozen where it didn't. Well, I'm just, I'm just trying to picture the type of thought process it has to go to. Yes, we're gonna cut out their heart, we're gonna burn it, and then we're gonna make you drink what we burned. Yeah. It's very, um, I don't want to say like barbaric or anything, but it's just, it just seems so like such a leap in logic yeah like counterintuitive almost you think you'd want them to be as if you think they're they're being feasted on you you think you'd want to keep them as far away from the thing that's attacking them as you could yeah it's almost like they thought that like okay she feasted on him and now he's sick so maybe that energy is still in her in like the blood and the heart and that they're restoring his life force to him that's kind of how it, it kind of processes in my brain but i may be way off base because i really don't know it, it makes me think 100 percent. it makes me kind of think of that old uh like wife's tale of um if you have a hangover just drink some more and you'll feel better yeah <laughs> yeah so that was the story of mercy brown and if you want to know more um feel free to look it up um 
there's some great info out there and uh, more information about the family um, but I decided to do just an overview and uh, stick to the main elements and I thought it was pretty interesting. It definitely kind of reminds me of a little bit of um, the, the case of the Bell Witch. Mm -hmm. it, it definitely makes me think of that a little bit. Similar time period, yeah. similar, you know. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting. <laughs> So thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Creepy Cryptic Podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed those spooky tales. Uh, join us next time for some more creepiness. Um, if you have any ideas um, for stories, uh, definitely drop us a line at creepycrypticpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have um, anything else to say or um, just want to give us a shout definitely do that um thank you so much for listening and remember to leave us a review on your preferred podcast listing app of choice um we're available on all major platforms so feel free to give us a follow thanks everyone yes that would be fantastic yeah if you could follow us and uh yeah throw us a review that would be great we really appreciate it and remember if you enjoyed the show share it with somebody who you think would enjoy it too and thanks bye for now bye